welcome to Bellwether Friends. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna. And I'm Aline. Every couple of weeks, we're going to get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. This is episode number 85. 85? The Good Place. That's or... a solid B. <laughs> it is a solid B. The Good Place, which was the winner of our What to Watch Next bracket. Thank you for voting in from the From episode poll. 81. And The Good Place was a hands-down winner with 57% of the vote. The runner-up was Sports Night. And then in distant <laughs> third, fourth, and fifth... Psych, Veer, and Black Lightning. So, before we get started, we want to confirm that we will be spoiling... Everything. Everything from the first two seasons of The Good Place, which is what we watched. Season three has not... Aired yet. Come out yet, so we can't <laughs> spoil it, but we would if we could. Yes, and please turn us off now if you are planning to watch The Good Place, or if you are not done watching The Good Place, because it has stuff going on that is twisty. Unless you like spoilers, which both of us do. Yes. Long-time listeners know that we are all about spoilers, mostly because I get too anxious if I don't know what's going to happen in advance. Yeah, so I think when we first brought this episode up, you said, oh, the one where they're in hell? Yeah, and we had a guest on the episode... I said I thought that was probably a spoiler. Oh, is that you? <laughs> so you were like, I think that's a spoiler. And the really interesting thing about that is that I don't think I had read about it. I think that my baseline was Sam Malone and Veronica Mars together in hell. Because how could Ted Danson be involved in anything but hell? I don't know. I mean, I like Cheers. I loved Cheers, but that was like... 40 years ago. I didn't read about it. I didn't, I swear I'm not being a hipster about it. I just, I thought that that's what it was. I thought that that was the thing. I knew it was a sitcom. I didn't know it was by the Parks and Rec people. I didn't know that it was like forward thinking, very cool, and all of the kids would like it. I saw adverts for it and was like, huh, Kristen Bell's on the show with Ted Danson and they're in hell. (laughs) Just what I thought it was. Okay, well, it turns out to be accurate. You're like that guy on the wall in Michael's office who got 92% of it all right. <laughs> That's me, that dude. Our first question is, did we like it? Would we watch season three? Like, will we DVR season three and watch it? Or is it a eventual DVD watch? Or is it a not watch at all? I think that it is... Possibly another binge later kind of watch. I don't see it as a real-time watch. Okay. Because they're short episodes and we can blow through 13 of them in a day. And I kind of like that style of consumption. That's my style of television watching. I think that this particular show rewards people when they're going through. Because some of the references back to previous episodes. Sometimes that can be repetitive, like if you're watching 500 episodes of House and you're like, oh man, look it's again. It's that same disease again. <laughs> right. But in this case, it's like, there's definitely like character evolution, but there's self 
referentiality that's easier to remember if you just watched it three episodes ago. Right, and that's a big thing for me. We have talked about this before. You are a multiple narrative person, and I am not. I don't read multiple books at the same time. I tend to binge watch an entire television show and then move on to the next one rather than watching things uh, concurrently. So that's me. Now, the first part of your question was, did we like it? And the second part of your question was, will we watch season three? And I think that they're both a yes. Yeah, I really liked it. I want to see what happens in season three. And I thought, even already knowing the spoiler thing, I thought season one was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. I thought that it was a whole story. I'm going to say that I would even rewatch season one knowing the trajectory so that I could like appreciate all the times that they climbed up instead of taking the stairs because they didn't know how the stairs worked. Yeah. Yeah. For example. Well, and seeing things, and I can't remember if this was season one or season two, but like zooming down the street and seeing things on the marquee. Yeah. In the, that's, uh, that the was the trolley sh- thing, but not just the trolley but thing. But like all of the storefront yes. cute names, yes. for example. One of the articles that we read said that this show deeply respects puns, and of course you are going to go mad for that. Yeah. So I would say I really liked it. Thanks for choosing it for us everyone. And another sub-question is, it seems like there's some Parks and Rec DNA in this show. Does that mean we should try watching Parks and Rec? Again. Because we've both tried watching Parks and Rec. Well, I feel like, so season one was great of The Good Place, and I feel like it took some time to get going. You know, it took a while to get all the pieces in place and for us to, like, understand that Jason talks, and when he does, it's hilarious. Oh, Jason Mendoza. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, it took a while for us to see enough interactions between them to know how it was going to be and to, like, start looking forward to things. Well, yes. And there was the subversiveness of that where... You know, he's the Asian guy, he's the monk, he's taken a vow of silence, and then he turns out to be a Floridian. I believe it was a dirtbag from Florida. (laughs) One of the articles said, yes. But the characterizations are really great. great. They're really, really great. So there's two things. Do you have a favorite character, and do you have a character with whom you identify most deeply? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Anna. (laughs) I, of course, identify with Chidi, who is brilliant, but not. that's not why I identify with him. I identify with him living in a hell of his own making. <laughs> making a hell of wherever he is. Yes, that is, that is me through and through. And I adore Jason Mendoza. He is my Patronus. I would like for him to be walking around behind me saying, wow... Blake Bortles. Everything. <laughs> and being a fan of the Jaguars. <laughs> it's uh, just awesome. I like all of the characters. Yeah, there's all no the, one I the don't The main like. six characters, I like them all. Uh, it took me a while to start liking Michael, Ted Danson's character, but 
you know, I came, like, I came around on him. I didn't dislike him. I was just like, he's very quirky. This is like a ball of quirks. I felt like he had a little vibe of the doctor in him. In his sort of fascination and glee yeah, with hu- inhumanity. Like when they were giving him that box of useless human stuff, and he was so excited. Yes, the shower of paper clips. <laughs> right. Yes. So I think that that gave me a little gloss of enjoyment of him, because that I made that connection kind of early, where I was sort of, I felt like he was fascinated by humanity in a very fresh way. So, who do you like best, have, liking all of them, and with whom do you identify? So, I identify most with Eleanor and Jason. It's sort of split between them. <laughs> Either I'm very cynical, or I'm like, an acorn. I'm going to pick it up and put it in my pocket. An acorn! I'm going to pick that one up and put it in my pocket. Another acorn! <laughs> I can uh, vouch for all of this. Yeah. So, and and I have a strong streak of leave me alone. I don't want to do anything with anyone else. I'm not interested. I don't want to be part of your friend group. This probably doesn't come across to my friends. Because I actually do enjoy, as Eleanor learned to enjoy being part of a team, (laughs) etc. However, it takes a while for me to get over the go away, leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. I don't think done as many horrible things as she did, but there's still time, I guess. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I enjoyed Tahani's character. I really like Janet. I think that this is a good segue. So we took a which character from the Good Place Are You quiz on BuzzFeed. Aline took it, and I took it, and we took it together. <laughs> <laughs> and every time we got Janet. So I don't know if that's a librarian answer. And we had different answers. There were, like, deviations, right. but then there was a, a baseline as well, where we really like the internet, and we like books, and We stuff. like The Rock. <laughs> we like The Rock. We'll link that quiz in the show notes, and we'll also link the articles that we may haphazardly reference right. in our conversation that we read this afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, Janet is, you know, she's an all-knowing being, just like a librarian. Woohoo! <laughs> Yes, she is. What did you think about the sometimes heavy moral philosophy angle? Like, information dump about this piece of moral philosophy that Chidi would give us. I loved it. I like to learn real things from my stories. (laughs) Me too. I have talked about this forever and on the podcast and in life that I love learning history from historical fiction. And if you make a character in a sitcom a professor of moral philosophy and ethics, I am all over seeing the ridiculousness of Kant and finding out (laughs) who died and made Plato the boss of everything. (laughs) Or who died and made Aristotle the boss of everything. Plato! Plato. Yeah, I like that too. It seems ambitious, but I feel like they pull it off. Like, they don't have too much. And it, it plays out on the ground in each episode. Well, and I feel like it is relevant to the story, it's relevant to the characters, kind of like in 
a movie or, you know, do you do nudity in a movie? Well, only if it's necessary for the plot is what you will hear in conversations with actors. So you're saying they only have the moral philosophy? <laughs> only if the moral philosophy is necessary to the plot, oh, which I think it is. It is. I think it is, too, when you're talking about heaven and hell concepts. Right. Which I don't come from a place where... We worried about those things. We thought about them. No, <laughs> Utahns do. <laughs> but some of us don't. But this show is talking about heaven and hell, and it's leaving out religion? a monotheistic Yeah, it's leaving out religion world largely. View, which is extraordinary. It very, it's Western. I'm not denying that it is taking a Western view of things with where heaven and hell are things. But there are... Concepts of afterlife all over the world, and there are concepts of reward and punishment all over the world. And they. Yeah, they Michel Foucault. <laughs> right. <laughs> they do all of this in this. The context that they put this in, it, it didn't turn me off. It didn't like get my back up. I was thinking about the things that they're talking about in interesting ways that I would not be doing without having seen it. Yeah. So, to answer my earlier question, I think it might be worth revisiting Parks and Recreation. We read an article, think piece, about the end of season one by Emily Nussbaum in The New Yorker, which talked about how Parks and Rec transformed from sort of making fun of Leslie Nope to championing her desire to make her town a better place and the state of Indiana and the world. <laughs> yeah. And I can get behind that kind of do-goodery action. <laughs> okay. I'm here for it. I am also here for having fun on the way. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like goofy puns and, you know, character moments. And relentless optimism or unrelenting cynicism. Yeah, those are both... <laughs> That, that's basically me. I'm here on, for both of on those On a given things. day. <laughs> so at the end of the first season, they kind of blew up everything they had been doing with their big reveal that they were actually in hell. And I like that Eleanor, as Veronica Mars, is always figuring it out. And how did you think they did with shifting from the original season one premise to what was happening in season two, where they were in on it and they were trying to figure out like how to get out of this loop that they were in. I was fully prepared to be disappointed in season two. Like I said, I thought that season one was a brilliant unit in itself. and Much I, like Veronica Mars season one. Is Veronica Mars, right, exactly. I mean, I thought, where are they going to go with this? And we weren't necessarily tied into watching season two because when we finished season one, we weren't really certain where we were going to get season two, we found it on demand, so check with your cable <laughs> provider if that's what you're doing. It was not, it's not yet available on DVD. It's, yeah, it's not on DVD, and it's not in Hulu, and it's not um, on NBC.com. We could probably have purchased it through iTunes or something. Possibly, but we didn't end up we didn't having have to. to. Right. So we watched it on demand, and we were able to watch the whole thing. And I wanted to watch the first episode just to sort of settle things after the end of season one. And we kept watching, and it was great. I think they did an amazing thing changing it completely. 
having the premise continue and the characters working together to figure out how they were going to get out of the situation, like you said. But I was not as compelled by it as I was season one. Hmm. I think I liked season two at least as well, maybe better. Although I thought, I don't know, I just thought it gave us more Michael development. You do like Michael. (laughs) I do, strangely. And I'm curious to see what they do in season three. So in season three, it seems like they'll be starting out either back on Earth as if none of them died when they died, or in an extremely realistic simulation of what their lives would be like if they hadn't died. So presumably the gang will get together somehow. Well, Eleanor already found tracked down Chidi. Right. Encouraged by Michael anonymously as a bartender. So there's going to be some kind of gathering of the Scooby gang. Right. And well, storming the gates of hell I, to yeah, fix everything. Well, I don't know. That's the question. Or are they all going to be are they going to be the four people on the tracks in the trolley question and be well, killed together? So you together? had mentioned that you were disappointed in the fact that it was just the four of them that were the humans being tormented in this hell setting. You wanted more active participants. I mean, I'm, I think I wanted. That. I think I want a bigger cast. One of the articles we read said they were likening it to Lost. The creators were likening it to Lost, but that only really came around to be illuminating through flashbacks but then there was the whole thing where they were all in hell so lost has too many people don't i mean i only watched the first four seasons of lost and there were too many people to keep up with but i think i wanted more people to care about because i liked these four so much yeah and i felt like they were doing a good job with these four i was like give me a couple more and i'm thinking about the four humans and i really like michael and janet and so that is six people that i'm caring about but I think that wanting more people is a good sign because I am a reader and watcher for character. And if I want to like people or connect with people or identify with people that I'm watching or reading in the story, and I did with all of these people in some way. So So, wanting more is not an indictment of the the work. Not at all. Really. But I was thinking that the season three scenario where they are either back on earth or they're an extremely realistic (laughs) simulation (laughs) of their lives before they left. Yep. That enables more potential characters to be integrated. Them taking more with them when they die? You know, I don't know. But they're just more factors than the closed world of the good place. Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What did you think? What did I think of what? You didn't want more people. I I like everyone that they had, and I thought they did a good job with them. And, you know, when they introduced Janet's created boyfriend, or when they introduced the judge, or Sean, I appreciate the character work, but... Like, I can't see any of them, like, joining the team. Okay. So it would ha- it would have to be 
with the whole like soulmate shuffling thing maybe they would have to add two people i don't know who knows but i think michael's gist is that heaven and hell need to rethink the way that they sort people into heaven and hell if people can improve after death are we back on sorting yeah okay (laughs) on that note so it's interesting to consider that people can improve after death is it yeah well i don't really buy after death right i I got nothing (laughs) (laughs) so our second top vote getter was sports night does that mean, since we've wrapped this up so tidily within four episodes, a.k.a. two months, does that mean we should pursue our second vote-getter in our What to Watch Next bracket? Well, you know I want us to watch Sports Night. I've been wanting us to watch Sports Night since before we were doing this. <laughs> okay, so maybe we will watch Sports Night and reported on that. I expect maybe some different results than this unanimous approval, but we'll see. No, you're going to hate sports night. I like sports. Right, but it's not about sports. Oh. <laughs> Do we have more to say about The Good Place? Well, if any of our listeners haven't watched it yet and they like thoughtful comedies, then you should probably give it a shot. The first season is available on DVD and your library might have a copy. And the second season is available on demand through your cable subscription or probably there are legal outlets through which you can purchase it. Purchase it. Yeah, look forward to season three. Awesome. Do you have any uh, musical obsessions you want to tell us about? Yes. We saw a cute movie that we will be talking about when we talk about movies next time and it was a teen movie and there was a song in it that was the theme song of the three central characters and it was called Myself by Haley Steinfeld and I enjoyed it and it made me want to jump around in a group of girls on a dance floor (laughs) which is what I'm looking for in a musical obsession. I don't have a group of girls for you I have me and an eight-year-old. Not girl. Right. So that's okay. That's okay. cool. We can I mean, do we that. Could play it really loud on our pushing speaker in the backyard and jump around. Yeah. That would be good. Okay. We'll have to do that. My musical obsession is a long time one. We were in the grocery store today and I recognized the tune playing from the speaker. It was the Indigo Girls' Least Complicated, which I know all the words to and proceeded to sing <laughs> for the rest of the visit at the store. Yeah, well, you can't not sing along when it comes on. That's a rule. It's a rule, I'm telling you. This is like the time when Lisa Loeb came on at Rite Aid and we had to turn right around and stay in the store until the song was over, and then I tweeted about it, and then Lisa Loeb retweeted me. This is a lot like that. It's really a lot like that. So there are rules, like when a song comes on in the store that you know all the words to have to sing along and stay in the store. So do you have a regular obsession, Anna? I am obsessed with a few things. Okay. Uh, Number one, I'm obsessed with a book called Force of Nature by Jane Harper, which is the follow-up to her book, The Dry, mysteries set in Australia in which the investigator is like 
a money investigator. Like, he doesn't really have anything to do with murder, usually. <laughs> but people get murdered as they are mysteries. Mostly, it's a thing that you should listen to on audio because of the accents. <laughs> Look for my full review in Library Journal. <laughs> <laughs> of the audiobook. Right. My other obsession is watching old movies on the big screen. Oh, boy. So, this <laughs> is... This can be a good experience whether or not the movie is worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more, Anna. This last week, we went to our art house theater, which is having an... Both a Bergman retrospective. Because it's Ingmar Bergman's centennial this year. I wish year. it was Ingrid Bergman's centennial. That would be way better. Anyway, I get ahead of myself. And they're also having like a late night sci-fi horror thing that's been going on for the last few months. On Friday nights. On Friday nights. So we went to see Ingrid... Ing, Ing, <laughs> Ingmar Bergman's persona. Oh, man. So, at the beginning, there were many quick cuts, one of which was a penis, and that, that set the tone for the movie, I think, except the movie was two ladies that were having conversations and smoking and walking on the beach, and then getting a little wild and scratching at each other and trying to kill one another, or maybe become one another, I don't really know. I don't, do you know what happened in Persona? Nothing happened in Persona. That might be the problem. I'm gonna look up a synopsis of persona so the flash cuts at the beginning the opening credits are something that you would recognize as a fan of monty python and the holy grail yeah i recognized the music (laughs) because it's got this clangy jangly music and these flash cuts and that's basically what they're doing in the opening of monty python and the holy grail so this review from the guardian calls it one of his fiercest, strangest, most sensually brilliant, and unclassifiable pictures. Okay. The story revolves around a young nurse named Alma and her patient, well-known stage actress, Elisabeth Vogler, who has suddenly stopped speaking. So it's really the one, the nurse talking the whole time. And it's not, not talking like Jason Mendoza's not talking. Yeah, it's a lot of, yeah. So anyway, the other movie that we saw... In the theater, on the big screen, was Dune, 1981, 3, early 80s. 84. With music by Toto. Oh my gosh. It was long and it, ludicrous. It was good, though. I liked quotable. it. I enjoyed it. Where are my feelings? <laughs> I like the costumes and set design. The acting, not very good. Sting, ludicrous. Kyle MacLachlan's wig. Oh my god! Also ludicrous. Riding on top of worms. I mean, I realize a certain amount of the ludicrousness has to do with the source material. Water skiing but on David's the backs of worms. But David Lynch <laughs> took the source material and, and ran, ran with, with it. it. So <laughs> I recommend seeing Dune on the big screen or any other like sci-fi classic because the people that we were in the theater with were like laughing at the absurdity and. Everyone seemed to be having a good time. Also, we had Italian sodas for each of these movies, which is one of the reasons to go. Yes, our art house cinema has an array of Italian soda flavors that we are working our way through pretty systematically. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is your regular obsession? Well, I have a couple of regular obsessions. No, 
Maybe I don't. Sure, go for it. Well, we did a lot of yard work over the weekend, you may recall. And so I'm obsessed with figuring out how to get 18 (laughs) giant yard waste bags full of leaves and debris from our dewinterfied yard into our garbage bin and not taking 18 weeks to do it. No, we're going to do two at a time. Two at a time. Okay, so nine weeks. So we should be done by August. Well, it's either that or we put them in your car and we, like, drive to Smith College in the dead of night and we drop them off. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe not. I don't think that would get me into the good place. Never mind. Well, who knows? And my other obsession is I rode my bike to therapy today and home again. And so it was the first time I got on my bike this year. I am a fair weather cyclist. I will ride my bike to work when it's not raining and when it is daylight long enough and when I'm not freezing. I'm a a worrier when my loved ones travel, and I just assume (laughs) you not be going out when it's raining slash dark, so thanks. Right, and it's not a very long trip, but it is a sort of better for me, Not, not, and it's not enough exercise to make a huge difference. It's just uh, a different way to move myself to and from work and I like to do it and um, I'm glad I did and I'm ready to do it again although I'm kind of sore and I want to go lie down now okay well on that note (laughs) thanks for listening you can find us on twitter at bellwetherfriends b-e-l-l-w-e-t-h-e-r-f-r-n-d-s you can find us on facebook we auto post on tumblr we're everywhere you can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review because you like us. Unless you want to review us poorly, in which case. If you don't like us, why are you yeah, listening? Why are you listening? <laughs> I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. And our in and out music was provided by Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H I M I S S J U L I E. Bye! Bye.